is going to work. I don't know if I'm going to be able to sit, but we'll try. Thank you for this Resurrection Sunday. Thank you that we have been co-raised together with you as we co-died with you on Bad Friday, <laughs> which was actually Good Friday. I'm just joking. We co-died with him and then we co-raised with him together, all of us in oneness on this day. Thank you, Lord, for making a way. Thank you for being the way. So good to be in oneness with you, to be one with you. walk victorious with you, to walk in the favor of the Lord. I thank you that we are your favored, that we are blessed and highly favored. Thank you, Lord, for calling us your chosen. resurrecting us to new life to a new creation where once was lost and now all things are new all because of you our precious Lord our Savior King Jesus Thank you that we are going forward by faith into all that we do, no matter the situation or the circumstance. We go in faith with you. Thank you for calling us friends. Thank you that there's always life after every letdown, Lord because you are in it all. And I thank you that you're not finished with this yet. <laughs> what a joy it is to do life with you, to be resurrected with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. I'm going to have you guys turn to Zephaniah 1-7. We're not going to read it just yet. I'm going to have you guys start turning there. That's a book that 
you haven't read very much, go towards all the way towards the end of the Old Testament. It might be even easier to go to Matthew and then just go to a couple, a couple back in the Old Testament. So I thought about, there's this, this thing that's been stirring in me. There's this message that's been stirring in me. And I always know when it's time for me to preach because it's like it doesn't go away. And then it goes away for a while and then come back up here. But um, I really felt like the Lord said today was the day. And so I wish that this was some really perfectly polished, pretty resurrection message. Um, but if, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch my mouth today. <laughs> I, never, I don't know what's going to come out. Um, but yeah, you're not going to get that here today. <laughs> Could be dangerous. Right. Hopefully you're not recording me, Hayden. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I'm just teasing. Um, but yeah, we're, we're not going to talk about... We're not going to talk about another um, Easter message today or resurrection message and I don't want to discount that and say that that's not that's beautiful what the Lord did was beautiful um every day though we live in honor of what he did every day we live for him being alive because he is alive he's he's so much alive that he's walking through this room can you guys feel him as I could feel him he walks up and down and he touches each each one of us and he speaks and his presence is here. <laughs> Where's Roberta? <laughs> Lisa, it's inside joke, guys. Uh, well, he is alive. He is alive. We're not just singing a song about him being alive. And I love that song. Um, but we really, really believe that he's alive and we don't need to teach and we don't need to, to preach on the resurrection just because it's Sunday, because we live Resurrection Sunday every day of our lives. And I refuse to be a church that um, changes our message just based on the day. And I refuse to, to design a program and, and have signs that try to encourage people to come here because it's Sunday. If, and I, I don't like I'm I'm not preaching literally I mean I'm this is kind of like a family message today because you guys know this like you guys are on board you guys are here always here it's not just you're not just here because it's Easter it's Resurrection Sunday um, but I, I'm not I, we won't get in the trap of uh, having a program and trying to convince people to come because if you didn't want to come before then don't like you're not going to ha be happy today because I'm never going to be able to sustain a program I'm never going to be able to sustain bringing people in we, we're not going to have the, the wildest craziest children's program we, we might be having an Easter egg hunt upstairs but there's probably like each kid gets like 20 eggs or something which is actually really good don't you guys think Trust would not think so, but she. Um, anyway, uh, I'm not trying. We're not trying to be the best of the best. We're not trying to create a program that has to be sustained. The net, like we don't have to try to do something better and better because the Lord is here and that is what we're looking for. That's why we come to church. That's the only point. That's the only reason. That's the point. Like, I don't know about you guys, but it's, we hear all the time that when people will walk in for the coffee shop, when the coffee shop is open during the week, people will walk in the doors and they'll be like, huh, I just like the way it feels in here. I just, I love this. I, I just like being here. And we giggle because we know it's the Lord. 
But it's the same thing with church. Like it's the same thing today. Like the Lord is here. He's but He's here Monday and He's here Tuesday. We're not trying to to drum up something to make Him come and to and to have a program of Him being here only because it's Easter Sunday. He's always here. And so I want you guys. We're, we're going to read Zephaniah one seven. You guys want to read the Bible? Oh, good. I love the Bible. Jason and I are preaching together. Isn't he doing a good job? (laughs) I I told him he had to sit with me. And so he said, if I'm going to stand up there, then I need a stool. (laughs) No, you won't. Right. It's going well, I think. Don't you guys think it's going well? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Hope is like, I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) All right. Zephaniah. 1-7 says, Be silent before the sovereign Lord, for the day the Lord is near. The Lord has prepared a sacrifice. He has consecrated those he has invited. He has consecrated those he has invited. And I'm going to skip down to 12, and it says, At that time, I will search Jerusalem. How many of you guys know Jerusalem is the church? That's what it's representing here. So at that time, I will search the church with lamps and punish those who are complacent, who are like wine left on its dregs, who think the Lord will do nothing, either good or bad. That's called lukewarm. Their wealth will be plundered. Their houses are church buildings demolished. Through their bu- Though they build houses, they will not live in them. Though they plant vineyards they will not drink the wine. And I feel like the Lord is saying that's what he's here for. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for those who have lamps in their hands. <laughs> booty. He's looking for a booty or what? Get your mind out of the gutter. Pray for your wife. She doesn't feel good. <laughs> oh. Great. Now Jason's saying it. Thanks, JD. <laughs> it does. It usually does. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> we can't take anything seriously. Right. We're fine. Everybody's a grown up here, kind of, halfway. Um, anyway, trying to be super spiritual here. Professional spirit, people. Right, Jill's working on it. She's trying. Uh, Anyway, so God is looking for those with lamps in their hands, just like uh, in Matthew 25 with the virgins, the the five virgins, or the ten virgins, the one that, the the five that were ready and the five that weren't. I feel like that is the hour that, um, that the Lord is wanting to speak on here. And the reason that I'm bringing this all up is... First of all, I want to just say this. I would never preach something up here from um, from a place of hurt or... Um, I would never just, like, come up and, and talk about what I've talked about with somebody in private. So that's not what this is. But somebody had mentioned something to me about how to grow a church. And you see that all over the place. Like, I could take online classes and I could... Um, it listen like people can give me advice and they do all the time people give us advice of what we should do um 
but somebody had just kind of mentioned this and so it's not about the person it's not about what he um what happened or what, what was said it was what happened inside of me when he said it and so he had just mentioned on how to grow a church and what um like what we could do to grow the church <laughs> And I told Amanda, I was like, I was telling Amanda this, and I was like, I got really pissed off. And I was like, okay, I didn't get, maybe I didn't get pissed off. I got stirred. I stirred. I got something inside of me that really stopped and, and was thinking about what that felt like and what that meant. And there's just thinking about, and I, his heart was in the right place. Like, I, I think he thought he was, you know, he was helping and he was, um, had some good ideas and good thoughts, but I, the Lord provoked something in me and he said, Tiff, are you, are we building and are we building something? Are we building a church? Are we, are we trying to grow in numbers? Are we trying to be the church? Are we trying to ruffle some feathers and are we trying to see them? Like, are we trying to present the manifest presence of God or are we trying to have a program every Sunday? And Sunday, Easter Sunday is a really good day to start. So what do you choose? So it made me just really start thinking about everything that we do and everything that we are and the people that are a part, our, our community, our family. And I know that every one of you would agree that we don't want just status quo. We don't want church on Sunday. Like we, I feel like we've probably all been there um, and no, none of us are interested in that anymore. Never, I don't know if we've ever been interested in that. There was a time where Jason and I, we went to church, and you guys have all heard this, like we went to church on Easter, we went to church on Sunday, or uh, Christmas, and um, we would go in, and we'd sit in church, and we would leave absolutely the same, and nothing was ever different. We were spectators, we were watching other people do church, and nothing changed, nothing was invested in our lives. And I don't think that's not, that's not what, that is what the Lord is talking about in Zephaniah. He's not looking for people that are spectators anymore. He's not looking for people that are content with coming in and sitting down and watching people play church. And then on, on Monday and Tuesday, they're cussing at their neighbor and they're, and they're, they're gossiping about politics or they're um, not tipping their waitress. You guys tip your waitresses, right? Yes. Like, well, right? Yes, thank you. Especially on Sundays, right? Or even our hearts, right? Our hearts aren't to get even with people or um, about how to promote ourselves. And so if we're not walking like that, then obviously our church isn't walking like that either. We're not trying to promote a church. We're trying to promote Jesus. I don't want to be so caught up in a, this, this program, this idea of ch- church that we miss God's glory. If, he, if we don't leave the door open and he doesn't come in, guys, then we could just go and go to the movie theater on Sunday morning. Is it open? Surely it is. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. We actually help plan our church in the movie theater. Oh, yeah, yeah, but they're open. On, oh, yeah, they are open on Sunday mornings. Yeah, they're yeah. open. Yep. That's why they kicked us out early, so they could open up the movie theater. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but the we Lord, to, the, we had to hurry the up and transform the movie in theater day. back yeah. into a movie theater. Yeah. And First Corinthians four twenty. This is one of Jason's favorite verses, mainly because it's four twenty and he used to be a pothead. So I think that's why he likes it. <laughs> 
I think it'd be really cool to have a shirt that said 420 real big and then 1 Corinthians underneath it. Because you would get all kinds of attention from people, you know, and people would be like, like, oh, man, I love your shirt, man. That's cool. And then, hey, let me tell you about it. You know, 1 Corinthians 420. Right? You can see this. I'm surprised he hasn't designed it. Yeah, I need to. It's probably waiting on somebody else to do it. Yeah. Jill's got that on her list. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Palm leaves. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. That'd be cool. (laughs) Yeah. But no, I mean, that would, it would open up the door for so much evangelism, one-on-one evangelism with people, you know, that are smoking pot. Because it says, for God, for the kingdom of heaven is not a matter of talk, but of power. And then you, yeah. you share that verse, and then that, through sharing that verse, the power is just going to flow through you, and then God's going to come in those moments. And he just does. He just shows up because he's good like that. I love that verse too. I, I think it just declares who we are. Like, I think that it just it describes that we're not just talking about him anymore. We're not just talking about him like like he was some guy that died on a cross 2,000 years ago. Like he's not, he said to me once, I was hanging up a picture of him on a cross. I was like, oh, hanging up my picture. And he was like, what are you doing? I'm not on that cross anymore. And I was like, oh. And he said that to me another time too. And I'm just, every time I'm like, oh. What does that mean? Like, what does that mean for us? It means this. It's not a matter of talk, but of power. He's not, we're not just talking about his, his death, burial, and resurrection anymore. We're not talking about him being alive. Like, he is alive. He is alive. He is here. I don't want to talk about him like he's not in the room anymore. I can't, I, I know I've been saying this for a while. Like, there's just something stirring in me. I can't do it anymore. I can't just talk about him. Like, it's time to start walking in that. It's time to start doing, and maybe this is the hard part. I don't know. But it's time to start if we believe that he's the healer. We're believing for healing. We're not just talking about it. If we believe that he is the king over the United States, then we wouldn't be ashamed to talk about him in front of people. We wouldn't be afraid to pray for the lady that walked in with a cane, especially not at church. Yes, at church, it makes it easy because we all believe. But what about if you're in the middle of Hobby Lobby? It's a Christian story. You're good, right? I mean... It's good. If she's walking in with a cane, how come we're like, oh God, should I? Yes. Yes. And just talk about it. That could be the very day that God heals her. We don't, maybe not, but oh well. There was a guy that we had been waiting on our Webster order. That's where we get our sauce and our, our mainly our sauce that takes forever. If we're ever at, out of caramel, it's because Webster's a liar. Right, Lisa? Not because we're bad at our job. No. Right. Webstron is where we get our sauce for the coffee shop and our syrups and lots of other things, but they take forever. When they promise it will be here on Monday, it's probably two Mondays from now. But we are waiting on our Webstron order for so long, and it finally came, finally came, like literally two, two and a half weeks later, finally came. And I was so excited that I greeted the UPS driver, FedEx, FedEx, FedEx. And um, I ran out there, and one guy was bringing a, a box in, and... Um, the other guy was sitting in the in the FedEx truck, and I was like, "Can I just grab this box?" And he was like, "Yep, go ahead. I'd help." And I go to grab it, and I and Jason carries everything for me, so I'm not very strong. And so I carry, I picked it up and like fumbled and dropped it, and then he was like, "I'd help you, but I just broke a rib because you could tell he felt guilty because I was fumbling. It was heavy. 
it was heavy. And he could tell, you know, he felt guilty because I was fumbling. And I dropped it. I went to go pick it up. And he was like, sorry, I'd help you, but I, I, I broke a rib. And I was like, you broke a rib? And I, like, dropped the, <laughs> I dropped the box. And I was, like, hopped up in the truck. And I was like, oh, goodness, can I pray for you? And he was like, huh? Huh? Like, probably, like, why are you up in my truck? But also, what did you just say? And I was like, can I pray for your rib? And God's going to heal it. And he was like, I, uh, and I mean, I don't really... I mean, I'm literally getting ready to do it. So you could tell me no, but I would be like, I don't know what you're saying. So um, so I just like stuck my hand on his rib and he like flinched a little bit. Maybe I was rough. It probably hurt. But yeah, my bad. <laughs> <It's> like, ah. <laughs> right? <laughs> I just put my hand on his rib. Just random dude, FedEx guy. Nice. He was nice. He was a nice guy. He's probably about the kids' age, I'd say. Jaden Hayden's age. Anyway. So I don't have like some beautiful, like I didn't have some beautiful quip, uh, scripture to quote or some beautiful words to say. I just said, thank you, Father, for who you are. I thank you that your word says that you are the healer. In Jesus' name, we just thank you that he is healed. And I took my hand off. I was like, how's it feel? Like, and he was like, good. And I was like, no, 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 don't lie. Like, what is it? Because you could tell that he was just like, why are you touching me? <laughs> what did you say? Okay, Okay, crazy lady, get out of my truck. Um, and I was like, no, no, don't lie. How's it feel? He was like, so then it's like he took a minute to feel it. He was like, better. Like, surprised. You guys know what I'm talking about when you pray for someone? They're like, better. Hmm. Better? Better? Did I just say that? Better? I was like, oh, good. That's ex- what, you know, like, that's, that's who he is. And I said, um, do you believe that, you, that God can heal you? And he was like, I do. Like, it was like the first, I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming that it was like the first time he'd ever thought that. But he was like, I do. And that is what it's about. So, I don't know. He might, and then <laughs> the funny part is then he, I like got out of the truck and walked in and he drove off. But he forgot his other guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I mean, he was just probably I like, I, gotta get, kind of I got to get out of here. <laughs> That's what I want to think. like, hey, why are you going? <laughs> That's what I want to think. He's kind of like, just what happened? You know, driving off. That's how I envision it anyway. I wouldn't hear. That's what, I, that's what I'm imagining too. But then he stopped. So he didn't forget him. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, and here's the thing, guys. I don't have all the answers. I want to believe that he got healed. I mean, he said it was better, you know. So, I mean, it was, it was worth that at least. Um, I did see him actually the very next day. I was turning to go pay the water bill, and I saw him walking out of the truck. And so before he couldn't get out of the sea. So, but anyway, I'm not going to assume anything. All I'm going to say is that was I did my job. I did my job of not just talking about it and actually walking it out. And I don't do it. Like, it is really cool that I get to do it and then talk about it. But I didn't go and post it on Facebook. I didn't take a selfie with him. Say cheese, you know, like I didn't take a selfie with him and post it. I didn't, I didn't even, I mean, I think I might have told the girls when I came back in, but it's not about, it's not a show. It's not a program. Like we pay, we pray for people. We believe because he deserved to be prayed for. He deserves to be healed. There, there's no it's reason. Just, it's a part of normal Christianity. Absolutely. Is us being the hands and feet of Jesus. There, well, I didn't, I didn't write it. It says it's these signs will right. follow those who believe. But if we, if the remnant of people that say, God, I can't do another program. God, I can't do another status quo. If we can't do it, guys, who will do it? I promise you there's nobody else out there. I promise you that that the people that don't love the Lord are telling them how they feel. They don't hesitate. But uh, those of us that love the Lord, those that he's coming back for us. You guys understand that? We're the bride. He's coming back. This is the one. We're the ones. If his bride can't do it, if his bride can't walk in power, because of what? 
I don't think anyone has ever been mean to me when I've asked to pray for them. I don't even know if I've had a no. I mean, I think I might have had people be like, well, and I was like, too bad. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe they say no and I didn't hear no and I just started anyway. I don't know. I just can't remember a time. And I, do I have people say they're not believers? Yeah, but they don't, they let me pray. I think because people are worried about not being kind. So they're like, I get, uh, sure. Oh, right here. Okay, we're doing this right now. You know, like it's, they're probably embarrassed. I'm not. But it's also not because I'm, I'm an extrovert and I'm outgoing. It's because... It's the least I can do. It's the least that we can do to walk in this in this power and authority when he tells us like he had thorns in his head and 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 nails in his hand and he hung from a cross. And he was naked and vulnerable and he hung from a cross. Like I just I don't know. I, I don't like to like I mean I'm not trying to like dig up a picture here so you guys can be sad about it. I'm just saying like it's the least that we could do is to walk like he asks us to walk. And if he's coming, if it says that he's looking around, if he's walking around, he's looking for a remnant of people and he's looking for lamps, if he's looking for those that have had oil, those that have been with him, then he's definitely going to find me. You guys agree? Is he gonna find you? He's going to find me and I'm gonna be the first one that says, me, God, use me, I'm here. What does it look like, God? Where will we go, God? I don't care what it looks like. And you guys have all heard us say that. I think it's obvious now. But we don't care what it looks like. There's, this, there's something about contentment of knowing who the Lord is. And there's this contentment of this, like Presley said, satisfied. You know, you're satisfied with who he is. You're satisfied because you know that you've, you've learned that it's his self-sufficiency. It's his self-sufficiency alone that makes us content. So I don't have all the answers. I don't understand why we believe in healing. And I don't understand why we believe in healing and, and, and we don't see it. And I don't believe, I don't, I, I, but I don't believe that it's not his intention. It I don't, said that I don't think you have to understand. Good, because I don't. No. You just have to know that he is who he says he is. And understand the divine exchange that took place when he who knew no sin took all sin upon himself. That's all our sin, our perversion, you know, everything upon himself. All sin, sickness, disease, torment. He was so marred with sin that he was unrecognizable to his own mother. He was so distorted. His figure was distorted on the cross that you could not even recognize him because of all the sin that came upon him in that moment. Hmm. He appeared without form, is what it says. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. He appeared without form. He was disguised in our distorted image and marred with our iniquities. He took our sorrows, our pain, and our shame and birthed his righteousness in us. He took our sins and we became his innocence. Hmm. It's good. His innocence. Do you guys love the Bible? It's so good. 
In Romans 8.30, Jesus reveals that mankind pre-existed in God. He defined us. He justified us and also glorified us. He redeemed our innocence and restored the glory that we lost in Adam because of sin. <laughs> and Tiff's right. I mean, now that we've been restored, now that we know we've been restored in him, in this oneness that we talk about, it's time we go. We go and be the hands and feet and release the power and authority through the manifestation of the kingdom of God. That's what we're doing. I know you guys are out there doing it. It's so awesome, man, that he wants to use us the way he does. Yeah. And it's through contentment of knowing who he is and knowing we read these things and it's through that of understanding why we do what we do because I'm content and who I am because I'm content in what he's done. I can pray for more. It doesn't matter what I'm content. We're not building a program, but building his name. Amen. And even if you haven't stepped out and prayed for somebody, that's where it starts. Make that step. Yeah. And just thank him for the healing. That's it. Just thank him for it. Cause he already paid for it. So just thank him for it. Or maybe it's not even about stepping out and praying for healing. Maybe it's just about stepping out and letting people know, around you know that you're a believer. Yeah. You know, that seems so foreign or to me. Or encouraging somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just simply saying, hey, you know, I believe in a real God that really loves me and he loves you too. Yeah. It's okay to say that. Yeah. Christians can be super weird and we could be like, I feel like the Lord, the Lord is here and he's saying, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, I hear you. And I, oh, shaba, shaba, shaba. You know, like we can be so weird and start speaking in tongues and people are like, I, yeah. just not Yeah, interested. don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Don't scare people. Listen, just be like, hey, like there was, I, there was a lady at the gas station. I was getting my hair done. You guys noticed my hair? It was thanks. pretty. It, thanks. Thanks. Jason told Trust we stretched it. Stretched my hair. Anyway, um, so I was getting my hair done, and I went to the gas station, and I maybe got a cup of ice. Anyway, um, it's a problem. I went to the gas station, and it was the Lord was like, um, the lady was checking me out, and the Lord was just kind of speaking about her, but not really anything in particular. And so when he does that, I just honestly, to be transparent, I kind of just ignore him because if I don't actually hear what he's saying about her, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I have the confidence to just be like, um, this is what the Lord's saying without hearing something. Does that make sense? Probably not. I'll a, lo a lot of times the Lord will tell her to tell me. Yeah, but you weren't there. I know. So. But a lot of times that happens and then I'm like, then I'm like, oh, we have to do it. <laughs> you know? So stressful. <laughs> So anyway, I didn't really hear anything, and I dropped my card and picked my card up, and there was people in line, and I was paying for what I needed, and I grabbed my stuff and went to go walk out the door, and I pushed the door, and he was like, oh, Tiff, and I was like, yep, okay, <laughs> and I walked right back in because I've done that so many times, and I refuse to just live in that life, and I refuse to not like listen when he's beckoning me to do something I refuse to do it and it's just crazy how it creeps in every once in a while so I went back and I didn't have a word I wish I had some beautiful word about her finances or her home or her something anything Lord would have been great but I just said hey I just 
the Lord thinks that you are amazing and he's so well pleased with you. And which is not life shattering guys. Like this isn't like, you know, like to me, I'd be like, oh, thank you. I know, you know, you guys, like if someone said that to you, you'd be like, I know, thank you. Um, so I was just like, you know, I just told her and she goes, what? It's so funny how people always say, what? Like, so the Lord, and she's like, no, I know what you said. Why did you say that? And I was like, I just, the Lord spoke to me as I was walking out and he just t- told me to come and tell you um, that he's just, that he loves you and he's well pleased with you. And she was like, she's like, I just got chills. She was like, you just made my day. No, you made my week. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like nothing great is happening right now, you know? And, but she was just like, thank you. And I was like, sure, no problem. I just got my stuff and I left and I got back out to the car and I could just feel the father's pride. Like I could just feel that he was just like, she needed that. And so although it wasn't something grand and great, it was just a simple, hey, did you know that the Lord loves you? Like yeah. we take that for granted, I think, because we know that. We, we, we are around people, right? Like we're the fiery ones of God. Like we, we, this is who we are, all of my friends. Like if they said that, I'd be like, at least I know. Like, right. Um, but... Who knows what she had, who, who knows the people that she's around? Who knows if anyone has ever said that to her before? Right. And she needed to hear it, and it, I didn't, it wasn't up to me to decide if that was something powerful enough to say. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to encourage you guys in that. Like, it's not always going to be this beautiful moment of healing and this beautiful moment of breakthrough. It could just be a simple, hey, he loves you, because it's true. And you'll always be 100% Playing prophetically seats. right yep. when you say that. Yeah. You know, that is a prophetic word you're given them. Yeah. He does love you. And, and the gospel is yeah. meant to be so simple. We complicate it, but it's meant to be simple, just like that. And as we're talking and as we're, like, as I'm encouraging you guys in this, I want you to understand, like, this isn't anything new. Like, we haven't, we haven't designed some really cool new program of, of believing in God's word and walking it out. Like, this was what the cross was for so that we as Christians would understand the power and authority of what happened. It wasn't so that we can talk about it. This isn't just a move of lyric. Like we're not just the weirdos that moved into town and all of a sudden we believe the Bible. No, like this is a move of, this is God's movement. This is a movement of God. You have to understand that like we go through the same cycle over and over. So whenever the Israelites came out of captivity and they waited for Jesus, it was 400 years between t- being taken out of captivity and waiting for Jesus. And in that time, there was no prophets that would speak to them. They didn't have the presence of God, guys. They didn't, they didn't have the ark that was alive like it was when they were in the wilderness. There was no cloud cloud by day fire by night like there there wasn't anybody saying this is what the lord said and so over 400 years they had a people that were much like not us because it's not us because we're the remnant but much like some of the other bride and i'm not pointing fingers at churches that's not what i'm doing I'm just saying like this is a cycle that has happened. People get dry and they stop hearing the lord and they stop being in his presence they stop knowing him they stop being with him and eventually they decide that well we have to do something we can't how are we supposed to know what god is saying what are we how are we supposed to live if we don't have god so we better do something ourselves and so then they just they form the sanhedrin 
also known as the Pharisees and the Sadducees. That wasn't God's plan. They didn't have that whenever he started. They didn't need that. They had the voice of God. They had the presence of God. They had the temple, the ark. They had the prophets. They had the manifest presence of Jesus, and they lost it. And through time, they decided to just take it upon themselves to, to do it. And so much like our Christians today, we're just take it upon ourselves. If God doesn't come in my building, then I will have a really good, good kids program with a slide, which a slide would be cool. I'm not against a slide. Um, and donuts in the That'd back, cool. and we'll get the really have good Krispy Kreme donuts. And I mean, we do have really good coffee, so I'm not saying that. Like, drink coffee. You should drink the coffee because it helps the coffee shop. But we are not trying to bring people in by by a program with good donuts and sign, people holding signs saying you belong here. Like, um, we, we're not trying to draw people in because it's not any different than what the, what the Sanhedrin, what the Israelites did back then. We're not going through that same cycle. We cannot keep going. They designed synagogues. They decided that if they didn't have God in the temple anymore, then they would build a synagogue and they would, they would have a synagogue where God wasn't there. What was the point? I mean, that was really expensive and probably took a lot of time for God not to be there. Guys, we don't come here on Sunday mornings for God not to be here. I will stay home and I will sleep in and then I will go lay out in the sun. Yeah. I'll cook hibachi. You'll cook hibachi. I'll turn worship music on. The kids can play in my pretend swimming pool hole. That's not actually a swimming pool. But it will be right, Dakota. Will be soon, right? Yep. <laughs> Why do we have to go there? Oh, anyway, because I just got excited about it. Right. Got to build it first. Anyway, back to the presence of God. We come for the presence of God. That's why we say it's a house for him, because we're not. I will never be able to keep up with people. I will never be able to keep up with the Joneses. I'm not even trying to anymore. Oh, the Joneses. I can't keep up with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That was fun. Anyway, because they were trying to keep up and trying to force the, the will of God and force the voice of God and force where God wasn't anymore, they designed the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And we also, so the very people that were trying to build something to force God's presence were the ones that crucified him. They were the ones that when he came and they, and they, and they declared this is the Messiah, they said, no, it's not. The very ones that laid the palm branches and declared, Hosanna, come and save us, he's here, were the ones that said, free Barabbas. Barabbas, Barabbas, free Barabbas. How quickly and how double-minded a people are when we're, when we're not seeing what we think we should see, how quickly we fold whenever it doesn't look like we think it's gonna look, and how quickly when we don't see a healing that we're to say, God, you're not as good as you say you are. Or maybe we didn't get the raise or the job that we thought that we should get, and how quickly we say, maybe you're not as powerful as you say you are, God. And no, we're not, we're not Pharisees and Sadducees anymore, but there's still a lot of religious and a lot of religion in us. And I feel like what God is saying is this Easter Sunday, instead of having another program, instead of coming in and listening to something that we studied for 40 hours to preach on, 
that we declare that today that we're going to see disruption take place. And I'm going to read something in Acts 17. You guys good? Yeah. You guys thinking about your brisket and your cheesy potatoes? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> your promised chocolate? And a bunny? That was not this church. It was the Baptist church around the corner. I thought that's why I was here. <laughs> that's why you preached that message this morning for the chocolate bunny. My bad, Brian. We had you fooled. Right. <laughs> he didn't even say Happy Easter. He was the first one that was like, it is Rection Sunday. It's not Easter. didn't say it's my family. They all Happy Easter. I don't know. We're going to Yeah. Amen. I mean, I still need a bunny, but amen. Still need the chocolate. Jesus would have loved chocolate bunnies. Okay. All right, we're going to read Acts 17. I hope this stirs you guys up a little bit, and then we're going to do something, okay? You good? Yeah. You have anything to say? You're doing amazing. Oh, yeah. He's got this. You guys should see his notes. He's got notes for days. He, yeah. <laughs> she said he just lost his place. Oh, my bad. He'll jump in anywhere. All right, Acts 17, 16, 26, 28. This is a little long. You guys okay with me reading the Bible? That's fine. That's my people. All right. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue, both Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace, day by day, with those who happened to be there. A group of philosophers began to debate with him. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Then they took him and brought him to a meeting of the Ari. Aripagus, 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 where they had said to him, May we know what this new teaching is that you're presenting? You're bringing some strange ideas to our ears, and we would like to know what they mean. Hmm. It's like he's a cult or something. He's wearing a white robe and coming in with all kinds of weird things. All the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. And then Paul stood up in the meeting, and he said, People of Athens! I see that in every way you are very religious, which they thought was a good thing. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found altar with this inscription to an unknown. He himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times and histories and the boundaries of the land. It's not a surprise to him, guys, that he, you would be built, that you would be born this day, that you would be living in this territory, that God would be doing this thing right here today and holding. It's not a surprise. Prize. For in him we live and move and have our being. We are his offspring. And if we don't do it, guys, who's going to? If we don't come in and we don't disrupt a place, if we don't come in and we don't declare what the word of God says, if we don't come into our work and talk about him, who's going to? Do you know there's, I think there's like... 63% of the United States is Christian still. Like, I was actually really surprised by that number. Does that surprise anybody? I just felt like, 
I mean, it just seems like a lot smaller considering no one really talks about him. That's still like 200 and something million people say that they're Christians. And there was one time Jason and I were on vacation on a cruise ship and there was a guy, most of um, the people that work on the cruise ships, there's like a lot of it from India and other countries. You want to tell this story? All third world, world countries, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Uh, one of the guys working there, he was hanging out by the pool. I, I don't know how, I just felt led to go talk to him. So I started talking to him and it's like, hey man, how you doing? He's like, oh, I'm good. Is there, he's like, is there anything I can help you with? And I was like, yeah, actually, uh, have you ever heard about a guy named Jesus? And he's like, no. And I was like, what religion do you believe? And he's like, I'm Hindu. He's like, oh, okay, cool. You guys got like a million gods. And he's like, yeah, yeah. He starts naming all these different gods. And he's like, all right, right on. Well, let me tell you about Jesus. And I start sharing him, you know, the gospel with him. And he's like, wow, wow, thank you so much. I've been working on cruise ships for like three or four years now. And yeah, it was a long time. And he's like, thousands of people come on these cruise ships. You know, there's like three or 4,000 people on a cruise ship every week. Boom, boom, different people. No one the entire time has ever shared the gospel with him. Do you know how many he Christians know had anybody. to have been on those ships? Yeah. It had to have been a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of blew my mind, you know. I mean, he didn't know. And he had been working on these cruise ships forever. So I was able to plant a seed of the gospel. Just kept it simple, you know, and encouraged him. He didn't hold him down and tell him his religion was bad? No. No, I was just like, hey, let me tell you about this unknown God that Tiffany's talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, the one true God. The God over all gods. There was a time that I was, I was getting my nails done, and I don't know... What is the religion where they have the little fat dude and they put things on him? Buddhist. Okay. Buddha. And, um, um, which is, and mostly, mostly when I get my nails done, ladies, you know, like that's usually like they have things and they're putting, oh, you, yep, you know about it. (laughs) Yeah, she's, it's Buddhist, right? Yes, right. And then they bring in. Yeah. And then, so why do they bring things in? Like, sometimes I'll see, like, a bottle of vodka or an apple or dollars. Oh, they're feeding it. And so whatever they just have on them, so they're like, oh, cool. Like, they don't put their cell phone, but I got a pin in my pocket today. Is that what it is? What? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I see it every time, and I'm always, like, looking at it. I'm like, huh. So interesting. Like, what did that do? But anyway, um... The whole point of this is I'm like getting my nails done and, and I see this and, and everywhere I ever go, they, I usually see it. And the Lord was like, talk about me. And I was like, okay, what shall I say? Crickets. Okay. Well, and then I hear the lady next to me or no, no, no. I see the lady next to me has like, um, a, like, a, I don't remember if it was like a church shirt or something about the Lord. She was wearing the t-shirt. Okay. So. She must have been there if she had the t-shirt, right? So she, she must be a Christian. She's wearing the t-shirt. And I was like, good, I'm in safe company. Okay, maybe she'll back me up. <laughs> and we, talk, we hear people talk about, like, I, even my, someone close to me once said, like, 
why are you why are you wasting your time talking about God to people that aren't don't, don't believe? Like leave them alone, let them believe that. No. No, I don't I don't think that, that that's not fair. If I know if I know something that's going to bring hope and save your life, that's not fair. If I if I had a cure to cancer, I would tell you about it. If I have a, I have we know the cure, guys. That we we should be talking about it. We're not offensive if we bring up his name. Like who is this man that we would be like, "Oh, but I don't want to offend people. I they clearly are another religion, so I don't want to tell them." That's literally what Paul is doing in this scripture. He's talking to the, philo- the philosophers, which were not, they were like, the philosophers were like spiritual and political leaders is what it said it was. And he's talking to them and he's bringing them hope. And so what I, I just said as I, I was checking out, I was like, I think I asked them, like, what do you guys believe? And they said something. And I was like, oh, I'm a Christian. And then the whole room got silent and I was like, Oh, this was kind of what I was afraid of. <laughs> and I was like, I'm a Christian. And I love Jesus and he loves you. And they were like, they just smiled at me. And then I looked at the lady that was a Christian because she had the t-shirt. She like turned away from me. <laughs> Come on, man. And I just, and I, and I, I, I just said, if you ever want to know about him, ask me about him. I'll tell you about a God that is real, that really loves you. And they never asked. They never, I mean, like, they weren't interested. And so I don't know. Like, I don't know what it did, but it did something for me. (laughs) And I know that my king was really happy. And my king was just, I I could just see him, like, from ear to ear with a huge smile. And he was probably like, I know that was hard, Tiff, but I'm so proud of you. And maybe it planted a seed. I don't know. We don't know. I I don't have to know all the answers. All I know is that I talked about him instead of just looking at their statues and just looking at their... Their, their things that they feed. And then the lady in the room that was also a Christian, she got to sit there and she, got, she chose to turn her back. I don't know, maybe, who knows what happened within her? I don't know, but we can't be people anymore. We can't be like that. We can't be the ones that, that turn away and shy away from talking about him. And I'm not just talking about Facebook because that's really easy. You guys agree? Like, talking about the Lord on Facebook is real easy. You know, like, it's to post a scripture. It's kind of like wearing a t-shirt. It's like wearing a t-shirt. Yep. Or like a bumper sticker. Like, no, we got to do it. We got to get out there and be the weird ones. If God is coming, looking for the remnant, looking for the lamps, then I have to, he's not going to, he's not going to notice me by a t-shirt. He's going to notice us by our works. And I know that faith without, like, I know that we don't get to heaven. I'm a grace person. We don't get to heaven by our works. But, man, he's asking us to tell people about him. And my answer is yes. How about you guys? It's the least I Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So true. And then our children see it. And our kids get to see us praying. It becomes normal. And so that when they go into their schools, like it's, it's just common for them to be like, well, can I pray for you? Whenever the, the kids that don't hear about it in their home, they don't see it. They don't go to church. It's not normal to them. Like, let's just, let's, let's just be that type that's just the weirdo normal to us. You're normal here, guys. But you're the weirdos outside. Hey, but Jace, the goal is to not be. Come here for a second. I don't know. Well, I have no idea what he's doing. So, sorry, bub. Oh, I know. You're so cute. I'm not, why do I, uh, I just want you to share what happened in school, what your coach came up to you and asked. I don't want to talk about Come on. 
No, it's so good. So, Jace has a coach, and his name's Herzog, and some of you might know him. <laughs> Seth's recording. <laughs> All right, but anyway, his, his, his coach comes to him and he says, Jace, I really want to talk about the resurrection in school. And he's like, but if I'm afraid if I do it, I'm going to get in trouble because I've already gotten in trouble once for talking about the gospel in school. And Jace, he says, oh, man, I don't want you to get fired. This is like one of his favorite teachers and favorite coaches. And Jace says, I'll do it. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. Well, well, I on. did, but it was in a joking manner. <laughs> <laughs> but then what else? But he but then, said it, right? What happened when you came home? Uh, what do you mean? And you said you had an idea of what you guys could do. Uh, I don't yeah, know. share your idea. Don't remember. <laughs> okay, I'll tell. You're good, bud. He's like, good grief. This is what happens when your parents are pastors. You can't get anything by. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he said, I had an idea, Mom. I think that what we could do is have everybody ask if we could do um, extra credit. And then I could write about what the resurrection is and why, or why we believe in Easter, why people believe in Easter. And he said, and I can write what my point of view is and why I believe in Easter. And it would be a good way to be able to share the gospel. And then, of course, we talked about, like, understanding then that other kids would share why they believe in the Easter bunny and bunnies and the pagan beliefs. Because pagan Easter is a pagan holiday. Like, we're not, like, everybody knows that, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Except for what I always say is, like, well, it's ours now. So just like Halloween, I'll take it for Christians. It's ours. The flag or the rainbow, uh, the rainbow is ours. It was always ours in the beginning. So we take it back. It's ours. Um, but so Easter is ours. Easter is Resurrection Day. It's the Lord's Day. It's always his day. So, um, But anyway, our poor kids. Yeah, just living it out, walking it out. If, if you're in a job where you can't, if you're like, I can't talk about him. Well, there's some way to get it in. I promise you, there's some way. Like Jay, one of Jason's teachers also said that all of my kids are amazing, so I'm not just trying to point out one. But she said that um, I, really liked, I really like your son. And he said I, I was... In a t- uh, I was taking a test and I was like humming along to the song. It was just uh, instrumental. He's like, I was humming along to the song. And then I realized it was, I knew the song. It was one of the songs you listened to, Mom. And I was like, ah, oh, who is this believer teacher of yours? And so I, we like narrowed it down and figured out that it was um, a friend of ours that teaches at the school. And so she can't actually play Christian music, but she was playing instrumental Christian music, and she was just like believing for peace and um, hope along among the kids. And then, if they were Christians, they knew what the what the what the song went to. So, all right, what you got? So today we're gonna do something that we don't do regularly, but it's actually something that we should do every time we eat or consume something really we're going to take communion together yeah before we do that though i want to pray i want to actually talk about communion before we do it as well i'll allow it okay appreciate that (laughs) but do you want to pray first before i talk about it yes i'll allow that okay thank you sir all right, so what I want to do is I, I want our leaders to come up, and we're going to contend for 
um, this disruption to take place. We're gonna, I want you guys to come up. Go ahead, come up as I'm talking. Come on, guys, all of our leaders, come on up here. If you're wondering if you're a leader, you should probably just, should just come up. Um, or if you're just really feeling it and you're like, yes, I want to be a part of this. So kiddos, come on in and come sit by moms and dads. We're getting ready to do, take communion. But for the next five to ten minutes, I want our leaders to contend for a disruption. I want our leaders to um, just declare what the remnant sounds like. I want this sound to come out of our mouths. Uh, about just declaring who God is, what his resurrection was for, because it wasn't so we can continue to talk about it. It was, he's not on the cross anymore. It wasn't so that we can just keep talking about how we did it. He did it 2,000 years ago. We should have more progress, guys. Like, let's see what it looks like for it to mean death, where is your sting? Are we really walking in it? What does it look like to, to sing? He's alive. He's here. Don't sing at him anymore. So I just want to, we're going to pass the mic and we're just going to just declare this. You guys good? You know what you're doing? You feeling it? Doesn't matter. We're doing it anyway. All right. And then we're going to take communion. Ready? <laughs> I'm gonna let you go first. Oh gosh! I just came out of the restaurant. I'm Come here. <laughs> You're next. I know. Lord, we just thank you. We praise you. We worship you, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you are alive, that you have risen, Father, and that you are living inside of us, that you're with us each and every day, Father, that as we walk into our jobs, as we walk into Walmart, Father, everywhere that we go, you are in us and you are pleading through us to the people around us, Lord. Give us the ears to hear and the hearts to be ready to respond to you, to move to you, Father, that we can be your light in this world, Father, that we can live your life, Father, that you're going to let you live through us, Father, and reach the people around us. We worship you. We praise you, Father. We lay down our lives because they're no longer ours, Father, and we pick up your life and we declare your world, your word to the dying world around us, Father, the people around us that you died for. You didn't just die for us and our family, us and our four walls, us and our church, Father. You died for the world. And Lord, I just thank you for a boldness to come over each and every one of us here, Father, that we can be your voice to the dying world that you died for, Father, the people that you you love, the people that you chose, Father, that we will reach out and we'll no longer discern whether we want to reach out to them or not, Father, because we know you want to reach out to them, Father, that we'll no longer listen and say, is this word good enough? Is this good enough, Father? Your word is always good enough. It doesn't matter what we think. It doesn't matter what it sounds like to us, Father. You are good and you are always good. You will always be good and we will declare your goodness. We worship you. We praise you. We glorify you. We magnify you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you that, that you have allowed us to be the lamp to be able to shine your light. And it says that with our light, that is, we put it up on a high place. We don't put it under a bushel basket or anything like that. Even in the darkest of places, just a small light can be seen from miles and miles away. We just thank you that you've given us this opportunity because of your love and your grace that we can just share what you have given us to others that might not see the same way as, as the rest of the world where it's just this all negativity but when they can see that light they can be drawn to your love your grace your just 
I can't explain it because it's just it's it's unexplainable of just how much love, some joy, peace, and all the gifts of your spirit. It's the opportunity to share. We just declare that everything that you've done just allows us the opportunity to be that much closer to you and experience that unending love, that unending peace, unending grace. Lord, we thank you. We worship you. Father, we just thank you for different. We thank you that we don't have to stay in stagnant waters. We get to swim in the deep end with you. I thank you that we get to stir those waters with you because I don't want to live a boring life. I want to go do the crazy things. And I just thank you for it, Lord. We love you. Father, I just thank you for hearts that are just bursting open that we can't walk away from a situation that you're calling us to. That when we hear you and we feel that nudging of your spirit telling us to go do something, we step out in boldness and we step out in thankfulness and we step out saying, absolutely, I asked for you to send me, now I'm going to go do it. I thank you for ears to hear you even when the world is crazy and overwhelming, that we hear you above everything else. I thank you, Father, for more revelation of our identity in you so that... We don't have to sit here and fight fear of man. That's not a thing that we contend against because, Father, you are enough. You're more than enough. We love you, Jesus. God, I just thank you for your love. We love because you first loved us. God, I thank you that your word says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Jesus, you are the bread of life. You are the living water. God, I thank you that you sent your Holy Spirit to dwell in us. I thank you that that we're your sheep and we know your voice and we know no other. Oh God, I just thank you that that you're with us every day, every second, every place we go. There's not a place that we go that you don't go with us, Lord. You go before us, you go behind us, and you go with us. God, I just thank you for this life that you've given all of us, this abundant life that you've given us to live here on earth and in eternity. God, I thank you that that we know you, that we don't go any place without your presence, that, that we don't have any doubt that you're with us because that's what your word says. God, I just thank you that that your love is turning hearts and turning faces towards you every day. God, I thank you that that we carry you where we go so we can show the world who you are. And God, I thank you that the world is going to know you. God, I thank you that you resurrected and that you are alive. We just love you, Lord. Jesus, we just thank you for dying for us, for washing away our sins, for coming after a dirty, rotten sinner like myself. Um, I thank you for our family. We thank you for just your presence. Father, we just thank you for who you are, God. God, we just declare, set us on fire, Jesus. Set us on fire, Jesus. Start with us. Start with your remnant, God. Start here. Start today, God. Tomorrow doesn't, we can't, tomorrow can't be the same. 
Come awaken your people, God. Come and awaken the city and the cities around us. Stir something up in every one of us, God. Make it to where we're, we cannot contain it, God. When we walk in a room, people know that something, something walked in, that it was you. When our children walk in the schools, God, let it be so tangible. God, we're not asking for a revival. We're not asking for, for just a, a small glimpse, Father. We're asking for the real thing. We thank you for moving here. We thank you for moving in the hearts of people around us, God. And we ask for more. Wherever you're going, our answer is yes, God. Doesn't matter what it looks like, what it sounds like, what they say, God. It's for their benefit. Your glory is for their benefit. They just don't know. Like the waters cover the earth, Father, so does your glory. We see that and we recognize it. We're so thankful for what you're doing, God. Thankful that it's never going to be the same. We're not doing, we're not walking in status quo anymore. God, thank you that today it changes. Set a fire in our souls, set a fire in our hearts, set a fire in our belly, God. We love you, Lord. Where are you? Oh, are you ready? Right, so I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 11. I'm going to start there anyway. Actually, no, I'm going to change it. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to 25. Sit down. I'm going to put everything up here. He did exactly the same with the cup after his supper. Jesus said, actually, let's go. Let's do, I'm sorry, let's do this. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took the bread. So this is at the Last Supper, okay, when Judas betrayed Jesus. And he takes the bread and and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Right? We've all probably heard this. He did exactly the same with the cup after supper. And Jesus said, This cup holds the wine of the new covenant in my blood. You celebrate me every time you drink with this understanding. Okay? For many years I grew up 
in church thinking that in this moment I needed to cleanse myself and cleanse my mind through forgiveness of my sins that I had committed up until this very moment. Okay? That is not the case. Because he's already finished the work for all of our sins as far as the east is from the west. Right? Right, church? Okay. So, from now on, our meals are meaningful. We celebrate the fact that the incarnation reveals our redemption. We have been incarnated in Christ. This cup, there's a lot of cups there. And I trust you're really scaring me that you're going to knock them over. (laughs) Please stop. (laughs) He redeemed our original value, our identity, our innocence. He died our death and defines the life we now live. He fulfills the theme of Scripture, the sufferings of the Messiah and our glory. In 26, your, your every meal makes the mandate of his coming relevant and communicates the meaning of the new covenant. Whether you eat or drink, you are declaring your joint inclusion in his death and resurrection, confirming your redeemed innocence. We are communicating the desire to have all people realize the meaning of the new covenant. For us, the appearing of the Messiah is no longer a future promise, but a fulfilled reality that we are living in now. He came. Although he is coming back, but he, the Messiah came. He set us free. So now, with that being the case, it is our turn to have more than a secondhand testimony. Everything that we do, every, just like Tiff's been talking about, we are a living testimony from moment to moment. And then 28 says, to see oneself associated in Christ's death and declared innocent in his blood is, is the only worthy manner in which to examine one's own life in the context of the new covenant meal. Did you catch that? I used to examine myself in my sin. I was focused on my sin rather than focused on the oneness I have with him. To see oneself associated in Christ's death and declared innocent in his blood is the only worthy manner in which to examine one's own life. Examine yourselves to see whether you are holding to the faith test yourselves, do you not realize that Jesus Christ is within you? That's 2 Corinthians 13.5. And so I threw that in there because that's, that's exactly what that's talking about. We examine ourselves. Do we know that we're holding on to our faith in him? It's not our faith in our sin and our good works. It's our faith in him and the finished work. Our victorious, righteous life that we've been found worthy in him. That's why we're doing this. In the remembrance. For the remission of sins. 
You know, the word remission means total cancellation of a debt. That's why we're doing this. We're not sin conscious. We're Christ conscious. Our consciousness is set on him and the things above. Not on ourselves and our sin and the things below or the things of the world. Because then verse 9 goes on to say this. And this is kind of scary. Because this is obviously what I was doing for many years and what a lot of people do. Anyone who partakes of this mill in an indifferent manner, either because of religious sentiment or merely being... It's the word blase. I don't know what that means. What's being blase? Blase, maybe? Blase? What's that mean? Whatever. Just doing it? Yeah. Blase. Okay. So merely being blase about the meaning of the mill eats and drinks judgment upon themselves. The human body of Jesus represents the judgment of every single human life. To fail to acknowledge this is to deliberately exclude yourselves from being the blessing of the new covenant. It's crazy. That's verse 29. We're constantly casting judgment on ourselves when we're doing this in the wrong manner. And we're even judging ourselves because of the sin right? When we've actually been set free from it. So we're putting ourselves in bondage because of that thought process. When no longer is that the truth. That's not the truth. The truth is we're set free from all that. So then Isaiah 53, 3-8. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded by our transgressions, our sin. He was bruised by our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that made us whole. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before it shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth by oppression and judgment. He was taken away. And as far and as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off and cut out, of the land of the living, stricken by the transgression of my people. No one can afford to underestimate what happened to us on the cross. To discern the Lord's body is to grasp what God's faith saw when Jesus died. By judging that we indeed co-died his death, we are free from any kind of judgment. We're free from ourselves. So as we take this bread and we drink this flesh and this blood of Christ, know that you know who you are in him and that you've been set free from your sin. And that you are thankful and grateful for the oneness that you have found with him. 
You don't want to bring judgment upon yourselves. I know you don't. I don't. I want to be free. Free indeed. Free from my stinking thinking. Free from this oppressive mindset of not being good enough. Because that's who we are. We're free, right? We talk about it in here all the time. We're kingdom-minded children in oneness with him. So I'm going to read 32. By discerning the broken body of Christ, we can only conclude that he suffered our brokenness and distortion. This is the instruction of the Lord. What foolishness it would be to continue to place yourself and the rest of the world under judgment when Jesus already took all judgment upon himself. So, Father, I just thank you. I thank you for making a way where there was no way to bring us into this justification, this oneness that you provided for us so that we may know that we know that we know who we are. When we sit here and we eat this bread and we drink this wine and as symbolization of your body and your blood, Lord, we do it in remembrance of knowing that we know what you fully and truly did for us, how you truly set us free from ourselves. That it's not even about us. It's about you. Because you are everything. You are the reason we live and move and have our being. We thank you, Lord. Okay, so I'm going to have families come up. And so we're going to start with this side. Just kind of start with the first row. And we'll have this, this side responded to me better, so... There was louder amens on this side. You stay, stay over here for a minute, okay? Okay, so each family, throw JD a piece. Each family, can, <laughs> each family can come up together and then we'll sit together and we'll do it as a family, as one family, as the body.